Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi there. Welcome to Leading on Purpose. I'm Nicole Bendeley. I'm thrilled you're joining us again today. You know, I, I'm just, as I say in most episodes, so grateful for all of your ears and attention and for following us through this journey. So thank you again for tuning in. And today I'm excited because I have a friend of mine, Paul Boston, joining me. And Paul has been a friend and also a bit of a mentor, especially when it comes to um, performance from an athlete's perspective uh-huh. and uh, linking athletic performance to leadership performance. So today is all about us exploring together some of the common myths about human performance, and especially the importance of performance in today's ever-changing workplace, which seems to be a constant theme these days, especially in my podcast, because the world of work that we find ourselves in has been forever changed, and it will continue to change. So Paul is going to blend his experience in change management, organizational and leadership development, and high-performance athletics to give us a much deeper understanding of how people can move, and this is so important, from being in survival mode to thriving and to being in performing mode. So we're really going to be talking about the difference between optimum performance and high-performance. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend, Paul, Paul Boston. Paul is the president of Actus, sorry, Paul, Actus Performance um, Incorporated, which is a human performance development firm. Paul started his career working in the fast-paced world of marketing and advertising with Fortune 500 companies and organizations around the globe. At the same time, and this is what I love picking Paul's brain about. He started racing at the elite level of triathlons and qualified four times, four, four times for the World Triathlon Championships. I can barely do a sprint, like a try, a try, Paul. So four times for the World Triathlon Championships and started to discover performance similarities between his athletic and professional career. He then went back to school to study adult learning and development, specializing in human performance in the workplace. As an organizational performance expert, Paul works with clients to help them understand the fundamental performance values, attitudes, and skills people, teams, and organizations need in our ever-changing world of work. Paul has published numerous articles and spoken to professional organizations across North America on the 21st century workplace performance. So welcome, Paul. I'm excited Thank you, to Nicole. your brain. <laughs> Yay, That's you're here. Big introduction. Yeah, I know. I was thinking when we were talking originally, it's it's been over 10 years now that we've known each other. So I know, there, and there we met at a trade show. At I a have. trade show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking how much of the world of human performances even change over that period of time, you know, with all the, the new knowledge around neuroscience, wellness, and, and how it's all really coming together. 
Absolutely. I cannot wait to dive into that with you. A lot has changed in 10 years. Absolutely. And our awareness of what performance means and what that looks like and what's required. It's no longer a head down, work your ass off all day long to get results. It's more of a heads up, holistic what does my body need? What does my mind need? What does my soul need, right? In order Mm -hmm. to be at my best and what does my best even mean and look like, right? So, so excited to jump into that. Let's start, Paul, just share with us a little bit about your own journey, right? I know you're an athlete at heart and, and you're passionate about human performance on many levels. So, tell us about your journey and how you found yourself where you are now, you know, really helping organizations and leaders reach optimal levels of performance. Well, it's 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 like you said in the, in the introduction. There, I was I was in a real fast paced business stream, and loved what I did. But I was seeing a lot of you know burnout. People weren't you know always performing at their best, and at the same time, I was an up and coming uh, triathlete, and you know swimming, biking, and running, and I knew. You know, I wasn't going to be a professional. I wasn't going to make it to the Olympics, but I was going to be a good elite age grouper in that sport. So I start to put the two worlds together. You know, how do I perform so well as a triathlete and how can I translate that back into the workspace? And it really, it, it evolved um, organically. And I really started to, you know, it could be the first time I ever worked with a a sports psychologist is back when I was maybe 13 years old, when I did a lot of distance uh, cross-country skiing. And, you know, things I learned back then, I really took for granted that are now common practice, like just everything around uh, mindfulness. So that really motivated me to um, do something more meaningful with my work and my career uh, destination. So working in advertising, I loved it, but there was always a gap around meaning and that is something I learned as an athlete so I was a triathlete for several years and then when I I made that mindset shift of wanting to represent Canada at the world triathlon championships I did nothing different in my day-to-day life except change that mindset and with that that did and especially for an individual sport it gave me a focus on something way more meaningful than just myself, right? You're representing mm-hmm. Canada. There was a team. When you reach that level, you are racing as a team because you race as individuals, but also as Team Canada. And I, again, these are all experiences that, that I was having. And coupled that with what I was learning when I went back to school, took several courses, you know, around adult learning, organizational development, coaching, and mentoring. You know, starting to unpack the world of uh, positive psychology that, that was evolving, and you can start to see the similarities. You know, we learn in positive psychology the importance of, you know, uh, you know, positive um, mindsets, uh, going after an achievable goal, um, but doing something more meaningful than just doing something for for pleasure or fun. So I start to put those pieces together, taking a step back and looking at some of the some of the opportunities to share, just not that knowledge, because we're, we're a very theoretical culture. We've known the knowledge, whether it's leadership development, human performance for years. Like if, if we look at the relationship between stress and performance, you know, that science was around in, back in 1908. So mm-hmm. there's nothing new, but it, 
I brought the value of being able to boil a lot of the theories, um, you know, whether it's from human performance OD down to what it really means for um, emerging leaders, existing leaders, and teams to create high-performing teams. And that's where kind of I started. Like, it, again, we, we, we use that word because that's something that, you know, very often reflected back to us as an athlete, but also in the business world, especially you know, when I was doing work within the sales and marketing world, um, I had the, you know, fortunate opportunity to work with a client whose main focus was around wellness. So I spent five years really working in the wellness space. And again, that really added to, you know, human performance is, is much more than setting goals, head down, as you mentioned, achieving those goals and going after them one after another, after another. And that's, again, Looking back, what I learned when I was an athlete, you know, if you overtrain, you burn out. If you don't mm-hmm. have those meaningful goals, you, 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 you start to fall by the wayside. You need those positive relationships, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport. That those, those people will de- determine your success. So it was always taking bits and pieces from all those worlds and coming up with solutions around, uh, you know, one of the more popular uh, topics and areas I, I developed uh, learning development on and coaching is around finding the opportunities and challenges. And that's really been accelerated. I, I'd say the last 10 months with, with mm-hmm. COVID, you know, and that has shifted my practice away COVID, you know, one of the best things about COVID to look at optimal performance, because when we look at peak performance or high performance, and again, if I put my little athletic hat on, we're training for a special events. It could be a world championships. It could be a national championships and you build up and up to that. So everything you're doing, it's, it's almost step-by-step sequential and not that there's not a need for that approach to performance. You know, you could be pitching uh, a client, a new client. You could be doing something out, out of the ordinary in your professional life. You kind of want that more peak performance, high performance mindset. But what about the day to day? What about the ups and downs? And that's really where we, we pull in the world of, you know, what I've learned in athletics, uh, definitely in the wellness and mirroring it in the, the leadership development and team dynamics theory. So, okay, so let's unpack that. There's a lot there to unpack. So I want to start just by crystallizing the difference that you were you were touching on between optimal performance and high performance. So is it... Correct to, I just want to replay it back to you, my understanding from what you said. So optimal performance is maintaining a level of high performance on a day-to-day that is optimal given the work you're focusing on that day and where you're going over the long term versus performing at your peak performance for an initiative or a project or a presentation or an event, so to speak. Did I understand that correctly or, or not? Yeah, that, that's kind of the, the pathways we're, we're starting to go down and discover. I, I think the one thing with optimal performance is having the ability to ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And again, that everyone is in such unique situations when it comes to stress and pressure. You know, working virtually, you know, maybe it's, it's having uh, young children home with you. So that's, yes. I'd say, optimal performance I probably, again, going back to my athletic world, I probably learned more about doing optimal performance uh, most recently as an ultra runner. So I, I, I don't picture myself as a competitive ultra runner. I don't 
trained to, you know, win a race. But when you do races, you know, I, I did a race a couple of summers ago in Northern Canada, 80 kilometers in the boreal forest. Oh my gosh. And the only way you complete that is through a mindset of optimal performance because everything comes at you in the day and you're not mm. prepared for half of that. Um, so again, what does that look like in our day-to-day life? It's, you know, the, I always look at the athletic world as kind of the testing ground or the lab, and you can take all those great insights and knowledge and bring it into to our workplace and into our lives because our, our lives, again, especially in a COVID virtual world, there's, there's no work-life balance anymore. It's, it's mm-hmm. work-life blending. So again, it, it speaks more to the optimal performance and optimal performance um, really is a conduit to also bringing in a lot of the, the topics and challenges around wellness. So, you know, we, we, we were just last week, it was uh, mental health awareness Yes, here, here in Canada. And, um, you know, a few years ago, that wouldn't even been on the radar, but it's such a key component for Absolutely. optimal performance. And I see it now with high-performing athletes. It is a key component. So they're, they're learning as we're learning too about other things in a wellness realm that they can bring into their, their high performance realm. So tell me a little bit then, Paul, um, the pulling from, you know, human performance, athletic performance and leadership performance. So you've mentioned a few things, meaning, right? Finding meaning, something meaningful that's bigger than yourself. Mindset shift, positive psychology, you know, stress, well-being, what are the top, you know, three or four, I don't want to say topics, but, you know, areas that really influence our ability to perform at our best as leaders that you can draw from, you know, the, the athlete in you or peak athletes, you know, high-performing athletes. So can you share with us what those key elements we need to be mindful of are at a, at a high level, and then we can drill down into them after break. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things we want to always look at is our ability to focus, focus mm-hmm. on a, a task. Um, there's all sorts of, you, you know, things around mindfulness, everything like that. We, we hear in the wellness world, but it really becomes, comes down to being able to focus. That, that is uh, key. Setting goals, but being organic in the way you achieve them. So I, I read an article uh, beginning of January around, you know, being intentional about your mm-hmm. goals, not being, you know, put them in the, that stake in the ground and that's what you go for. So again, it's going back to the way we approach them, these different things. So goal setting. Um, working virtually, I, I see this now more important. It's really be conscious of the people who you surround yourself with. Oh, I love that. So again, when we look at building high-performing teams, um, you know, it all comes down to um, po- those positive relationships. Um, and again, gain everyone on board with, you know, accomplishment and achievements that align with, with yourself, but also with the people that you lead. So the leadership has really become a science and an art per se. You still need those those tangible things that we learned in business school. Yet they have to be mirrored in from you know the science that we're learning in, in positive psychology, neuroscience. Um, you know, if we look at the state of flow, right, the relationship between challenge and skill, 
that's the the state of flow is often referred to as the optimal zone of performance. So and say a whole more going, about yeah, say more about sorry, the state ahead. of flow. Stay, say more about the state of flow. What is so, that? So state of flow again, something I would have taken for granted as an up and coming athlete. I can think back to my first day of being in a state of flow. And it, flow, it was probably when I was, again, 13, 14 years old. We call it the zone. Mm-hmm. It's where work and creativity and everything becomes effortless. So, and there's, and again, there, there was a lot of theories, um, not really tested about this for the past, you know, decade and a bit. But now we're getting neuroscience to back it up. So it's, it's, it's found that, find that blend between a challenge you have to have a challenge and your, your skill and being able to stay in flow goes back to what I mentioned to you earlier about being able to focus. And there's so many things, if we think about it in our day-to-day lives, that drive us out of that, that focus zone. So if we're not focused, we'll never hit, hit flow state ever, right? We're constantly going to be pulled, bombarded. Yeah. And, and I, I certainly haven't hit a flow state since uh, my kids started taking being home 24-7 yeah. with school. Yeah. Yeah. I keep looking to my left to see if they're going to pop in in the middle of the podcast. So um, absolutely, I really want to explore flow state a little bit more with you after, absolutely. you know, what is required to get to a level of focus. Um, I'm assuming it's more than focus. You talk about skill. I'm assuming passion, right? We need to love. I mean, I could be focused on accounting all day long and we'll never get into a state of flow because I am not in love with accounting. I have no passion for it, right? Meaning, purpose, mindset, challenge, focus, all of these things come into play in getting into a state of flow for optimal performance. And so I really want to take a look at those different pieces because those don't just affect individual performance, but meaning, mindset, focus is also essential for team performance. Uh, So I'd love to explore all that with you when we get back from break. And in the meantime, while we're on break, feel free to check out Paul at actusperformance.com. That's A-C-T-U-S performance.com. And we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kenco's self-paced e-course, leading high-performance teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit kand.co slash ecourse. That's promo code VA30. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. 
That's K-A-N-D dot C-O slash strategy. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right, welcome back. So we're going to dive into getting into this state of flow. And I was just reflecting back, when was the last time I was in a state of flow? And it was actually whenever I am working with a team, whenever I am facilitating a team through a workshop or to you know, help facilitate the dialogue to work through an opportunity or address a challenge or work through a conflict or identify how we can be better. If I'm facilitating that, I am in flow. I am right there with that team. I am in that moment. And I swear I'm tapping into parts of myself that just, that are heightened, right? I have ideas come to me, questions come to me for the team effortlessly, right? It's, It's easier to be creative. It's my energy and passion come through in an infectious way for the team. Um, And that's more, that's definitely uninterrupted focus and attention on them on the moment, but that doesn't come without passion and loving what I do and knowing that I can make a difference, right? In something bigger than myself. So, So, Paul, can you walk us through like from a leadership, a leader's perspective kind of thing, um, pulling from the athlete world that you're in, what can we as individuals do more regularly or often to get into a state of flow? Yeah. So as, as an individual, and that's usually the best place to start to experience flow before say we can lead teams kind of down that journey and, and flow Flow is almost one of those skills you can't teach. It has to be mm. experienced. So what, what pulls yourself, Nicole, into flow will be very different than what pulls me into a state of flow. So you just mentioned, you know, facilitating, pulling people in. Um, it, it, it's always looking at something that's going to stretch your skills and seems uh, challenging. And if, if we think of flow between challenge and skill, it's a very thin strip. So it really goes back to what I mentioned to you just before break, having the ability to focus, like being able to be focused, whatever pulls you into that, that zone of focus will Mm -hmm. lead you. It's not, it's going to lead you. It's kind of a a nugget to get you there. So very often working with leaders or teams, I'd say start blocking time in your day where you do high value work, where you're going to be absolutely undisturbed mm-hmm. and start with your breathing just before you put pen to paper or, or doing anything like that, just really start to regulate your, your, your breathing. And once you start again, practicing some of that deep breathing, it's going to zone you right into that area that you have to work on, whether it's a document or anything like that, that's kind of that, that pragmatic side. Mm. When we so do start th- with mindfulness, start with some breathing to bring you into and, the moment. And, be, and 
blocking your time to be focused. So we could say we're going to be mindful for this hour, but you really have to be um, diligent with your time. Absolutely. So very often I, I've worked with leaders and, and they've known this, right? They, they'll check their email once in the morning, once at noon, and once before they go. And, you know, we think that's crazy. You're going to be missing important emails, but they value their time and they value their focus and it takes energy. So to get in that state of flow, it takes energy too. So that brings in that other aspect, right? So you need passion, you need um, meaning because sometimes passion, I, I find even motivation, it, it can be fleeting. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you don't even have those resources, always draw back to, to what is the meaning. And that's kind of what I, I look at kind of our nine to five or starting to create our nine to five flow state. You know, if I take it outside the workspace and we do something, um, say physical activity, it could be simply for somebody, it could be a walk in nature mm-hmm. and they experience flow and they could be taking something as simple as a, as a 20 minute break at lunch, going out, going for a walk in nature coming back and even being in that natural state of flow, we've all had the ideas pop in our minds when we pull ourselves away from work because we're really, again, being mindful. Maybe it's, it's hiking a trail that's challenging and requires a little more skill. It's zoning, zoning those, those muscles, those things. And, and it's really that those aha moments will come out of flow as well. Absolutely, those aha moments. But and you're you're absolutely right. What puts one person into flow, you know, won't do it for another, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. and and come back to the word meaning for a minute, right? What's what's the power, or what? Why is finding meaning, and what do you mean by meaning, so essential to flow and performance? It, it, again, the, the 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 word meaning. Again, we, we can get into flow with, without necessarily doing anything meaningful. Like okay. we look at the world of extreme sport athletes, like they can get in flow. It's not necessarily um, meaningful. It could be to them, but if we look at, you know, broad spectrum of what meaning is, it's, it's not necessarily what we think of meaning. Meaning sometimes can be simply is you really care about your work. Mm-hmm. So you might not be, you know, a C-suite executive. You might be, first person, you know, just, just start your job, right? It's really being meaningful and mindful, which will take you in, into flow. So whatever the work is, the task is, and this is one thing I, I've seen working with clients over my career and people, they can take the most mundane task mm-hmm. and through those, those techniques, you know, around optimal performance, they can get into you know, a very, almost a flow lake, uh, flow like state. So are you telling me I can be in flow when I'm doing accounting, even though I hate, <laughs> I hate it? You can, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, again, it's that connectivity to the work that you're, you're doing. All right. I mean, I, 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 I've learned flow. Like if, if I go back to the ultra race I mentioned to you before a break in Northern Canada, you know, it was novel. So it was a novelty will pull you into flow is very mm-hmm. challenging. Um, you know, definitely stretch my skills, you know, for, and for 18 hours I was out there and was I always in a state of flow? You know, there was chunks of time sure. when you get pulled out, but you get pulled back in 
And then that's when you actually start to have these ahas and these epiphanies. You're doing something and, you know, that, that's kind of the more, would I, would I say, application side of flow when it comes to our day-to-day lives. And it could be, you know, something you, you have that epiphany of, of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. your next step or maybe it's something you're you're trying to figure out in your 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 personal life it, it can vary it's very in the individual it's very individual when we look at creating flow in teams that's a completely kind of different path that's the science the neuroscience behind it is the same with the skill and challenge but how do we get a team same so i want to come to that in a second I, yeah. a question just came to me about flow for an individual so where does mindset come in? Because if I'm just going to use my getting into flow when I'm doing, you know, my taxes, okay, which is a goal now of mine, <laughs> I want to experience a state of flow. Um, where does mindset come in, right? So if I'm approaching this from the perspective of, God, I hate this, or I don't know how to do this, and I'm going to make mistakes, I'm, it's going to be a struggle, right? I won't right. be in a state of flow. So Talk to us a little bit about mindset and flow and optimal performance. I, I think you, you you touched upon a couple of things. It's it's really when we start to have that negative self talk. Oh, I hate this, or it's going to take forever, or accounting's not for me. That that's really you want to put a pin in it and take a step mm-hmm. back and say, okay, it's not my thing. I have to do it. Maybe there's there's some type of a hidden meaning that's going to motivate you, or you know, kind of up a bit more that meaning to gain this this work done, and knowing that you you have to do it. So, you know, I'll, I'll see with entrepreneurs, they're so passionate about their business. You know, obviously, small business people have to wear multiple hats. Mm-hmm. It's not not you know not too far of a stretch of people in our workspace now that are multitasking, wearing different hats. Of being able to find that that underlying meaning and drive that will allow you to do those mundane things. And again, I, flow flow is a spectrum too, right? There's going to be times when you're fully immersed in flow. You know, you talk about facilitating. You know, where does the day go by when you have exactly right? a multi day program that you're delivering? Um, that that's a state of flow. But you you start you as a facilitator as a leader, you're bringing hopefully that group along with you into that learning flow. Well, it's interesting too, Paul, because if I use the example of, of being in a state of flow, like as facilitating, if I take a full day, for example, where I am in the moment, I am fully focused and, and I feel as though I'm in that state for an extended period of time. When I, when the day's over and I come out of that state, I don't feel tired while I'm in it, but as soon as I'm done, I'm exhausted. I, yes. I suddenly feel all of the energy that was required during that state to stay focused. Uh, that didn't feel like a struggle in the moment, but afterwards yeah. I'm exhausted. And so to me, that tells me self-care, well-being, yes, nutrition absolutely. is essential to be able to get into that state of flow and to continue going back to it because it requires a lot of energy. Yeah, uh, you're 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 100 on the mark. You should be when you're fully in flow. You should be exhausted on the the, the other side of that that curve, and that's um th- that's why flow. Again, you're going to have moments of flow when we're mm-hmm. thinking of an of our optimal working teams and organizations. 
Um, but to be in flow every day, it's, it's, it's very, very challenging. Yeah. And you, you, you talked about nutrition, exercise, sleep. sleep. Again, we, we've heard it for decades, you know, the importance of sleep, yet mainstream media really pumps up, you know, certain individuals that can get away with two or three hours of sleep each and every night and look at the great work that they're doing. That's, that's not reality. We need good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. So again, when we looked at optimal performance, you know, from a wellness standpoint or even a high performing athlete standpoint, sleep is essential because that's when the body goes through repairs physically and neurologically. That's when you're going to start to make those connections, those problems that you're, you're trying to solve. So you know, we, we, we talked um, just after the break, you know, kind of those things, you know, around being focused, but sleep can never be underestimated and the quality of sleep. It makes me think of, I'm so glad you shared that in one of my interviews, in one of my podcast episodes with Dr. Greg Wells, who I know yes, you know, yeah, um, he talks about protecting your last hour before sleep, mm, right? Very Protect good. Protect yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Dim the lights. Do not watch screens. You know, maybe read some fiction. Don't read industry books. You know, yeah. take a bath. Um, get your brain, your body ready to regenerate, to sleep, to recharge. Um, because without that, and you just try to shut down, you actually don't. Um, yeah. You actually don't shut down or recharge or, or all of that yeah. good stuff. So, so let's shift to the team piece. You know, what's interesting though, when a number of the things you've been talking about, so at, at Waterstone Human Capital, we have the Building High Performance Teams and Cultures program for leaders. And a big component of that program that we're offering virtually right now, and it's honestly amazing to me how well we can shift to virtual, but a big po component of that program is about meaning, you know, one of the five attributes is for leaders to really understand what is meaningful to each of their team members. And it's going to be different for each team member. And it can be something small, right? It doesn't have to be significant, but so that we can connect people to work that's meaningful to them within their job description more often than not, right? Um, and finding meaning in the actual work that they're doing, even in the mundane tasks to be yeah, able to absolutely. link it to sort of the big picture and the purpose of the organization and that team. So when you think, as we go into break in the next couple of minutes, you know, you talk about for individual performance, uh, getting in a state of flow is focus, you know, challenge, and, and skill, but stretching yourself. Um, what else would be needed for team when we look at it from a team perspective? Yeah, you, you, you've touched upon a, a few fundamentals there, but I, I think when it comes to a team, I guess a frontline team, is, is it's really up to the leader to understand who that person is or those people are beyond their roles, their job titles. I call it the iceberg syndrome. Very often in organizations, we know the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. but there's so much beneath that surface. And it's, so it's, it's taking the leadership role, even though you can be a frontline manager and really lay the groundwork down to understand, you know, what's, what's meaningful to, you know, a Nicole, what makes her tick um, and start to harness that type of knowledge and insight across your team 
to start to create awareness around why people do certain things because our meaning and motivation, again, the meaning will always be there. The motivation can always be more fleeting. It's the meaning that it's, it's more the, the solid measurement that understanding we all have the meanings. How do we link it to the overall team you know, kind of goals and objectives and to the, the organization? So when we look at like, can a team, so, you know, the Toronto Raptors come to mind. Okay. When I yeah. think of a, a sports yeah. team, yay, they're not doing so yeah. hot this year, but that's okay. Um, it's, okay. it's a virtual year. Uh, it's virtual year. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So when I think of them, they, they, they get into flow. You can see it when they're in flow on the court mm-hmm. together as a team, a cohesive team that's synergistic. They just are almost reading each other's minds. They know where to go and yep. it, it's beautiful. Can a team at work get into a state of flow where each member of the team is in flow and the team overall is in flow? Is that possible? I, again, I, th- I think it's it's like in any state of flow. That's you know, when the performance is on. Say when you know the Raptors hit the floor, you've rehearsed, you've practiced. They spend you know how many hundreds of hours practicing mm-hmm. on the court before they perform. So that that's that's going back to what we were talking about earlier. Kind of like they're they're peaking for a game or they an event, their game, right? Event. So and that's a great kind of way to look at. You know, they perform at a super high level at that level. But have you ever noticed whether it's, you know, the Raptors, Toronto Maple Leafs up here in, in Toronto, that how when the playoffs come, everyone's game gets elevated. Right. It's tr- you're right. Or are they, or they choke one or the other, but yeah. <laughs> or they choke. But if they're, they're if, if they, they've done the groundwork, you know, in the, that sports round, that that's where it looks effortless for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so you, I'm, I'm glad you called that out because you're, you're right. The difference there is it's game time. It's a game. Yeah. They're there for however many, you know, minutes on the court or on the ice um, together. And from a team perspective, it's maybe in our, in an important team meeting where we need to make a big decision discussion, how do we get into a state of flow or we need to make a big decision, sorry, together, right? Or we need to brainstorm. How do we get into a state where we can be at our best, be creative together and get to a decision that is the best one for the team and the organization or come up with a new idea or whatever it might be. So let's explore that on the other side of break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. That's kand.co slash strategy. 
Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kenco's self-paced e-course, leading high-performance teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit kand.co slash ecourse. That's promo code VA30. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right. Welcome back. I just want to remind you, check out, please check out Paul's website. Honestly, he is a a wealth of, you know, support and resource and and information and knowledge to help you reach optimal performance. Check out his site at actusactusperformance.com. And also, if you want to learn more about our Building High Performance Teams and Cultures program, where we will, you know, um, help you and your leaders to develop the five attributes that are most essential to building high performance teams and cultures, reach out to me um, through this podcast or check out Waterstone's website, waterstonehc.com and check out the Building High Performance Teams and Cultures program that is getting rave reviews. So please check it out. All right, team flow. This is where I am so excited just to explore a little bit before we take it out to talk about cu- culture and performance at a bigger from a bigger picture perspective. So, so Paul, let's say a leader wants to you know, make the most out of their, his team meetings, right? So often now I'm hearing our meetings is wheel spinning or we're exhausted from Zoom or we're, you know, um, not getting anywhere. It's silence on the other end, all of these things, right? How can we in support or create the environment to for optimal performance when we bring a group of people together to talk about things, to share ideas, to make decisions. If we want to get our team into a quote-unquote state of flow to get the best ideas, you know, a variety of ideas to get that energy going and come to the best decision as possible, what are some tips that and strategies leaders can start to use to enable that kind of thinking and Energy. Yeah, that's um, it, and again, it all comes back to what we always say in our profession. It all depends, mm-hmm. right? Because every tr- team, every organization is very different. And when I think of it like a traditional, you know, team meeting, are we always going to be in a state of flow? No. Are we, no. Are we going to tick all the tick boxes from a neuroscience standpoint that requires us to be in a state of flow? Um, it's probably more that state of having a more well it goes back to what we're talking about here leading leading on purpose right mm-hmm. i think you need those team members all on board around you know the meaning of the work that they do but the meaning of 
the team and the organization. So there's a lot of um, almost groundwork that has to be done in order to have those those types of conversations. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, you're having a team meeting for a half hour. Very pragmatic, but remove all the distractions. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember working with a group. This is back when we used to go into the office. Um, you know, it wasn't a case of coming to the boardroom and turning your phone on silence. It was a case of not even bringing your phone because even with the phone there, you're distracted. You're thinking about that. And it's keeping people um, engaged and focused mm-hmm. on a certain topic or a certain challenge for a given period of time. And, and that really takes kind of that, that coaching lead, leader role. I'm making sure you know everyone's heard. It, it, I'd say it probably base is based more on the, the you know the positive psychology of you know keeping the the levels of engagement go, going. Whether it's a flow like meeting, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's like what is this meeting about? What is it going to do? Make sure groundwork is laid, and then set up that set up that time, block that time where there's no distractions, where you know things that come up, parking lot. If it's not related to the, the challenge right. or the issue, you know, these are things that we, we know um, we probably practice over our careers. It's, it's a case of pulling the tools in at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it could be something is as simple as, you know, acknowledging achievements and accomplishments at the beginning of the meeting yes. to bring people together right on. So when we do that, it all of a sudden brings up that meaning and leading on purpose, right? This is what we're here for. The purpose of our organization and our team is X, Y, and Z. This is what we've accomplished. So bring them on board, acknowledge those small wins. Again, mm-hmm. very, very often in our North American culture, we get so focused on the end result, the big wins, yes. um, but acknowledging those small wins and then get into what it is you, you have to do. Um, but being very, very mindful of the time and, and, you know, the meaning and the purpose behind what that meaning is for. I so, love so. the the recognition piece. You're right. It's laying the yeah. gra- groundwork. And if we're, we're not, um, uh, if there isn't a lot of synergy right now and the sense of energy and, and um, connection within the team where we're, you know, operating on all cylinders and just, it just seems easy and we're creative and we're gelling and we're challenging each other and building on each other's ideas and all of that great stuff, learning with and from one another. If that isn't already naturally happening within the team, then groundwork, like you said, I love that word, is really needed. And one of the ways to slowly build that, as you said, is that recognition, right? Are you as a leader, and it is, you're right, shifting from recognizing outcome and results to recognizing impact, to recognizing behaviors, to recognizing effort, to recognizing process and the experience people are going through. And that can be, you know, recognizing the vulnerability it takes for somebody to speak up and share an idea or to share some learning, you know, recognizing when, when somebody is really in the moment and bringing their full self to that meeting, um, whatever it might be, but begin to focus on what's most important for your team to thrive. And when you go back to the, the, the importance of focus, like you said, that, what you focus on grows, period. 
Yeah, that's been known known for decades, right? Right. Yeah. But we forget that. If we focus on all of our emails that are coming in, that's where our attention goes. That's where our energy goes. And that's where our results will go to responding to emails, right? So what's valuable versus what's urgent, you know, or what's, you know, what's most important. Um, So when it comes to then, Paul, if we take this out from, we went from individual to team. Now let's look at culture as an organization. Um, Take this out a little bit. How do you, for the leaders that are listening, how how do you begin to start to foster a, a culture, a workplace culture that fosters optimal performance? I, I, again, and I forget who this is not my quote, but there's a there's a there's a saying in leadership development: leaders bring the weather. Mm-hmm. So the leaders have to start adopting these these practices themselves and creating the space for that optimal performance to happen. So if, if we look at blue zone data, you know, people that live centering a hundred years plus, we, we look at, you know, how are they able to live in that optimal lifestyle? It's, it's the, it's the surrounding, it's the culture. It's not necessarily the tactic. So leaders have to create those workspaces that allow optimal performance. And I, I think, you know, on, on the tail end, of, of COVID, that's one thing we're going to learn is how good we are working virtually and how that will really improve optimal performance for, you know, teams, you know, across big geographies or just with everything going on uh, in your day-to-day life. You, I just want to circle back to one of the things you said about being pulled in all different directions. Leaders are being pulled in all different directions. And and if, if I look at what I learned as a high-performance athlete, you've got a training plan and that training plan is your map. It's not set in stone. It's very organic. But one thing I I learned um, as an athlete is being very intentional with your time. So this training session is for building endurance base. This training session is for speed. Fast forward into my professional career. I remember learning from a a sales executive. He said, Paul, don't ever mix, you know, um, activity with accomplishments. Mm, and this individual that. was very focused, very intentional, not focused. So, you know, don't disturb me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working away, but just very, very, you know, very humanistic approach to the way he led. And that's, that spread throughout the organization. So it's, we, yeah. we weren't talking about optimal performance then it was just, this was this person's leadership style that they learned probably through a lot of trial and more error. And it's really been intentional with that time. And, and again, how do you create that? When you meet with your, say, your, your directors, you're going to be, you're going to exhibit that, that habit. You're not going to talk about it. You know, you're going to exhibit it. I love, love that. Don't mistake activity for accomplishments. Yeah. Right. And I think, too, that is that mantra as well during this shift to work from home, you know, at the very beginning, so many leaders were like, are my people being productive? Are they actually doing what they're doing? How do I know they're working? Well, are they meeting their goals? Right? So that activity, the, you know, the work that's required, the way we do our work now has changed. And um, it's not just about the activity. We could be very busy, 
but not accomplishing anything. Or we are highly engaged and able to do our work when we know when we're at our best and focus on what's most important and get to the best goals possible and accomplish um, because we figured out how to work as an individual, what works for us in the context in which we're working right now. The way I work is different than the way you work, Paul, though, and then different than the way my husband who is downstairs working works. And what leaders need to recognize, which is what you're just saying in a different way, don't mistake activity for accomplishments. Just because I'm not online at 9.30 at night responding to emails does not mean I'm not accomplishing. I'm I'm working differently, yes, right? Yes, yeah, um, Or responding to emails as soon as they arrive in my inbox. Just because I respond right away doesn't mean I'm being productive. It actually means that I'm being distracted from what's most important, which is the deep work and getting into a state of flow when you can. Yeah. So, um I love that because it's like bespoke leadership. We need to tailor the way in which we lead others, you know, based on that individual, the way they work best, the way what's most meaningful to them, right? And it starts, like you said, with the leader. I love the quote, leaders bring the weather 100%, right? It's our energy as leaders is contagious. It is contagious and your team members will, will pick up on that and your habits are contagious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of leadership 101, right? People will lead based on what they say or see, not see. what people say. So, you know, exactly. that's in, you know, emotional contagiancy. I'm going to lead and work the way my leader is working. Um, so, so Paul, what's your hope in like 30 <laughs> seconds or less? What is your hope for our listeners after all of this? I, the, the one, one hope I have, and I know we've, we cover a lot of different topics is really start to look at, you know, performance in the workplace is optimal performance and look at all the components that go into creating an optimal performance uh, workspace because it goes beyond performance reviews. It goes well beyond coaching conversations it is there's there's a lot of lot of different components and taking that step back and looking at all those different pieces you know whether it's coming from the wellness sphere whether it's coming from neuroscience performance science they all add up to creating an optimal performing uh, organization it's not just one thing right Never. it's not just one Never. thing and it's not to say that to overwhelm but it's actually exciting because you know, it it's it is a holistic approach and it's a journey. And if we just bring in little bits of different parts of wellness, mindfulness, you know, focus, purpose and meaning, um, little little parts of all of that will have a really big impact on the way we lead others and lead ourselves. Um, so thank you so much, Paul, uh, for joining well, us today. Thank you for having me, Nicole. And uh, to all of you, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please check out Paul and please check out uh, Waterstone Human Capital and, and learn all about the Building High Performance Teams and Cultures program because that will help you definitely get into uh, optimal performance at waterstonehc.com. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, take care. 
Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.